Hello everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Game Point Pod. My name is Fatah, and my partner in crime, Yezin, is off today. He's been handling some things, but you're stuck with your favorite guy here. So let's get started. There's a lot to discuss. I mean, talking about the play-in tournament and the result that was with the Lakers locking onto the seventh seed and then having the Memphis Grizzlies shockingly defeating the Golden State Warriors as well as the San Antonio Spurs to snatch their eighth spot, right? So we got everything set in the West, in the East. We got Boston that locked up the seventh seed and the eighth spot taken by the Washington Wizards, which was very interesting considering where they were halfway through the season when we had that discussion. So now that the playoff is set, the playoff bracket is set, we'll discuss our playoff previews give my predictions on what we think is going to prevail within those series, and we'll go from there. So without further ado, let's get started. Drop the beat. this week's segment of Run That, we're just going to briefly go through some of the playoff previews for the East and West with regards to the first round playoffs. And we'll start off from the East. We'll start off with the number one seed, the Philadelphia 76ers versus the number eight seed, Washington Wizards. Currently, if you look at their season series, 76ers have completely obliterated them. It's I think it was a 3-0 sweep. But all those games took place prior to the Washington Wizards taking that jump, which saved their season back in April. Given how hot the Washington current streak is and the midseason additions in Daniel Gafford, which I don't know how this guy started hooping, but, you know, do you think that the Wizards can make this series competitive? To me, I think they could. But I still think it's going to be ending up a cute series where, you know, Washington will make it close, but 76ers will somehow pull through, similar to what we saw in game one. So with that being said, I'll probably give them one game, but I see that being a 4-1 series for the 76ers. Moving on to the next series, let's talk about the number two Brooklyn Nets versus the number seven Boston Celtics. Obviously, it really hurt when Jalen Brown was diagnosed with that season-ending wrist injury. That's definitely a big blow to the Boston Celtics' chances. With that being said, I don't see the Boston Celtics doing much in this series. Uh, Although they could take advantage of the Brooklyn Nets' lack of chemistry, right? I believe the Big Three only played about seven games with each other. So that could pose as something that Boston will try to exploit. But again, you're dealing with three superstars and three loaded firepower on the offensive side of things. So I do not think that Boston will have what it takes to knock off the Brooklyn Nets. So I have the Nets winning the series in five games as well. I'm going to give them one game in Boston just in case, but I I feel like it's more of a sweep than a five-game series. But I don't know. I'm feeling good today, so I'll give them one game there. All right, so let's take a look at the number three Milwaukee Bucks versus the number six Miami Heat. Oh boy, this will make or break Giannis's outlook, right? Because you look at where they were last year and the fact they were dismantled by the Miami Heat team last year in, I think it was the first round or the semifinals. I think it was the semifinals, but the Bucks have a lot to prove. And with the additions of Drew Holiday, PJ Tucker and others, they're a defensive juggernaut. And I, uh, you know, looking at the Miami Heat, 
I feel like they've regressed this year based off the expectations that we had when we looked at the success that they were able to make it to the NBA Finals last year. Uh, there were some drop-offs, sophomore slumps due to Tyler Hero's production and Duncan Robinson, for lack thereof. So uh, I don't know if the bubble play really contributed to them playing without distractions and then now playing with fans and seeing that drop-off. Uh, we shall see now that the playoffs is now admitting over 50% capacity for some of these arenas, right? But uh, with this series, uh, I don't think it's going to be a long one. Uh, I believe that the Milwaukee Bucks will probably win in six games, but it could be a sweep too. I I don't know. Like these Eastern matchups for the most part are very uh, top heavy. So that's why I'm not giving these guys the benefit of the doubt. But I think the most interesting series that we're going to be discussing, which Yazin will regret, is the Atlanta Hawks. Number five, Atlanta Hawks playing the number four, New York Knickerbockers. So the Knicks, if you look at the season series, they swept the Atlanta Hawks. But these teams are both legitimately good, man. And they're very well constructed. New York's like hot three-point streak versus, uh, as well as their defensive prowess is something that I look forward to seeing in the playoffs. And Atlanta Hawks' offense, right? So basically, though, the main matchup is New York's gritty city defense versus Atlanta Hawks' high-powered offense. I think whichever prevails will end up winning the series. But I think this is the only series that might go seven games. And if it goes seven games, yes, it's going to like this. But I, I, I'm going with the New York Knicks. At the end of the day, game seven, in your own house, with your defense, with that New York City crowd. I don't know if you saw game one, man, when they're saying... Fuck Trey Young, man. Obviously, it did ignite Trey Young in a certain degree, but man, game seven is a whole different breed. It's not like game one. Your first playoff game, yes, I see you might get some jitters and stuff, and he seemed like he didn't show that, but game seven, oh boy. In Madison Square Garden, oh boy indeed. So, looking forward to that. I got the Knicks in seven games. All right, so now let's head on over to the Western Conference. We got the number one Utah Jazz versus the number eight seed Memphis Grizzlies. This it's probably going to be a very boring series. I will say that because Utah ability to play basketball is just something that doesn't catch my eye. And I'm sure it doesn't catch a lot of your eyes as well. And considering the fact that Donovan Mitchell is sidelined with an ankle injury could make things a little interesting depending on how many games he does not play. But I am pretty optimistic that he might be jumping in in game two, considering that the debacle, which has happened in game one where the Memphis Grizzlies stole that game. So with that being said, I think that, you know, if he does come back, it might go. Si- I think it's going to go six games. I have Utah winning in six. Uh, they're going to find a way to get acclimated. I think Memphis was playing with the hot hand, and Utah definitely underestimated them. But I think they'll get their mojo back and take control of the series. So I have Utah in six. And let's get on over to the most important, the most interesting series of the Western Conference, and that is. The second seed, Phoenix Suns versus the seventh seed, Los Angeles Lakers. And I mean, this is going to be very interesting because like I said throughout this entire podcast and episodes prior, it all depends on Anthony Davis's play. One game, you see him, he says he's back. He's dropping 42 and 10. And next day, he's dropping like 13 points. And that's simply unacceptable for a high caliber big man like Anthony Davis playing against a guy like DeAndre Ayton who hasn't played in the playoffs in his career. A young guy. So the series rides on the back of Anthony Davis. And we already saw what happened in game one where he didn't show up. Same thing with Drummond. LeBron is still kind of hobbling a bit. 
Uh, we'll get to the theatrics in a second, but yeah, Devin Booker completely took over. DeAndre Ayton had more rebounds than Andre Drummond and Anthony Davis combined. Like that's a problem. Like when you when you have guys who are inexperienced in the playoffs who could ball out in a game one like that, you got to be scared. So I think that Anthony Davis needs to step up. You know, be a man, take his lead, take the Los Angeles Lakers to the promised land. And if he does not elevate his level of play, then this series, frankly, is going to be over. If Anthony Davis plays well, I see Los Angeles Lakers taking the series in six. But if they don't, I have the Phoenix Suns in six. But my heart says the Phoenix Suns will win this series. So I'm going to go with the Phoenix Suns in six because I do not trust Anthony Davis. Carry on. We got the third seed Denver Nuggets versus the Portland Trailblazers who are the sixth seed. Honestly, for me, I... I like the Portland Trailblazers, even though they play not even a lick of defense. I don't know. It's just the Denver Nuggets without Jamal Murray doesn't seem to be sustainable in terms of, you know, success or deep playoff run. I don't know if Jokic can be that guy that can take them over the hump for a long duration of time. He needs definitely another sidekick kind of guy. And Michael Porter Jr., I don't know. He's been kind of inconsistent. When he's streaky, when he gets hot, he's hot. But... I don't know, lately he's been, he gives me Kuzma vibes. I don't know what it is, but if he plays very well, then I could see this going seven games. But I like what Portland has from a roster uh, perspective. They got Damian Lillard who can shoot the lights out. You got two capable bigs who can give you double-doubles on any, any given night. You know, you got Yusuf Nurkic and you got Ennis Cantor. And then you got a plethora of wings, right? You got Norm Powell, which you acquired from Toronto Raptors in trade deadline. You got Robert Covington. You got CJ McCollum, right? You got Fernie Simmons. You got some pieces, man. So I think I think Portland can do what it takes to dismantle this uh, depleted Denver Nuggets team. And I have Portland winning in six games. All right. And lastly, we're going to talk about another interesting series featuring another LA team. And that is the fourth seed Los Angeles Clippers versus the fifth seed Dallas Mavericks. A repeat of last year's series where Dallas Mavericks really gave a scare to those Clippers where they didn't have Przingis, but they're able to force a six-game series. And I think with a um, with a healthy Przingis and a couple of free agency additions in Josh Richardson and a few others, and even a healthy Dwight Powell, which he was injured last year, and he he proved to have a capability to hold his own, you know, giving you double-digit points and double-digit rebounds. And, you know, I don't know what's with the Clippers. Um, I thought that they were going to be really good this year. Just looking at the first game, it's kind of scary. Like, I don't know, like Paul George, I don't know what the hell's wrong with this guy. He doesn't really produce at a high level when shit really matters. And when you look at the bigs, you know, Zubac and Ibaka, like, I don't know, like I thought that Ibaka might be able to be the one that can at least anchor that side of things. But Zubac, I don't think it's enough, man. I don't think, I don't think it's enough to deal with Przingis who can stretch out on the floor and also can take you inside. And Luka, at the end of the day, when you're looking at the, the matchup between Luka and Kawhi, I think that is what the meat of this series is. Whichever player has the best stats and the best impact in this series will prevail. And so far, Luka has shown majority of that, dropping, I think, his third triple-double in seven career playoff games. Like That's absolutely phenomenal and absolutely berserk at the same time. So with that being said, Kawhi, I don't know what he needs to do to get this done, but the Clippers' pressure for this season is on the line, and he really needs to start taking care of business. And, you know, being as a Raptors fan, that really goes to show that those idiots who say that Kawhi carried the Raptors, 
Look at it now, man. You can't even carry this goddamn Clippers, and the Clippers are a shittier team than the Raptors at that point. So, with that being said, you need a full team to really cause some damage. And Kawhi really needs to get together, and I can't even put this all on Kawhi. Paul George, he kind of gives me that Anthony Davis vibes. He's not really showing anything. So, with that being said, I'm going to be that interesting guy that's going to be dropping some really berserk predictions, but I got the Dallas Mavericks winning in six games. Clippers going home early, my friend, and so far the Lakers could be going home too as well. We shall see, but I got the Dallas Mavericks taking the series in six games. And that wraps up Rundown. Let's head on over to AO Moment of the Week. AO, what the f***? Oh, man. My AO Moment of the Week seems to be a pretty interesting scenario revolving around not even my guy, but a guy that we admire at the Game Point Pod but for the wrong reasons, of course. And that is Kwame Brown. Kwame Brown. Of the Los Angeles Lakers, formerly the Los Angeles Lakers, who came out of nowhere, out of the limelight, and started just throwing haymakers, or I'm talking like full-out bazookas, to not only Gilbert Arenas, Steven Jackson, as well as Becky with the good hair, Matt Barnes. <laughs> Oh, man, that mama's cooking is going crazy. But to give you some context, on All the Smoke, which is the podcast that Matt Barnes and Stephen Jackson hosted, they invited Gilbert Arenas on the show. And they were talking about, you know, certain situations and Kwame Brown's name popped up. And Gilbert Arenas uh, had a lot to say about that. Um, talk about, you know, Kwame Brown's inability, I guess, to, to score down low as well as, you know, his quote-unquote joke of a career and obviously the hosts of the show Stephen Jackson Matt Barnes jumped in on it just lightly laughed it off right but I thought you know it was that typical Kwame Brown joke that everybody drops and you just go back to scheduled programming but little did I know that Kwame Brown's been listening this whole time and literally exploded on Instagram live and on YouTube with 20 plus years of built-up shit-talking slander of his name out on everybody like you guys can see it for yourselves the videos out there you know he's going crazy now he's going off on Stephen A. Smith which I believe is probably long overdue considering Stephen A. Smith was the first guy to really blast him on the on the media landscape and then Charlemagne the God which kind of confused me a bit but maybe he maybe Kwame Brown received a donkey of the day and you know he just didn't appreciate that of course so I don't know. To me, as an NBA fan, it's pretty funny to see. Um, I suggest that you go in, look at YouTube, and see what Kwame Brown has said. He's gone crazy, absolutely berserk. And this is great for the league, to be honest, because guys that need to defend themselves can actually do it and actually have a platform, which is social media, which is great. And, you know, it's just good laughs and good vibes. So um, I highly suggest for you guys to take a look at the transcript between Kwame Brown and those three guys, as well as Stephen A. Smith and Charlamagne the God. And this is absolutely a shitstorm within the NBA universe. But, so I'm going to give my AO moment to Kwame Brown, but in a good sense. Like, I'm not giving it to him because, AO, what the hell are you doing? I'm giving it because, AO, yo, you're actually crazy for all this. Like, you're, you're, you're dropping bombs out here. And keep doing so because I kind of like to see the drama. I like to see shit unfold like that. So, Kwame Brown, you the man. Mama's cooking. All right, so let's head on over to Games of the Week. I love this game! <laughs> all right, so my Game of the Week 
simply features the two LA teams. I mean, they both lost game one, right? Not sugarcoat it. They're playing like ass right now, but I feel that this game two really is going to be a massive gut check to see where they are and how they can prevail in the series. And the Los Angeles Lakers, as well as the Los Angeles Clippers, cannot afford to be going down 0-2. Maybe LeBron could, but it's not ideal considering you know his health track record uh, currently at this point. I have the Clippers and the Lakers needing to win on Tuesday evening against their respective matches in the Mavericks and Phoenix Suns in order to equalize the series and move on over to Game 3 and take control of the series from there. So those are my two games of the week. All right, so that wraps up Games of the Week. And we're going to take a break off Blogboy Talk, but again, playoff preview, amazing. This is what we've been waiting for. Thanks again for supporting us throughout our IG Live when we're going through the play-in preview. And... You know, it didn't go as planned. Obviously, I kind of wanted the Charlotte Hornets to make it out. But, you know, hey, it's NBA basketball. Shit happens. We love it, man. Either way. So with that being said, I appreciate you guys tuning in to our episode. Don't forget to like, subscribe to Gamepoint Pod on IG and GamePointPod underscore on Twitter. We're both on Apple and Spotify as well as Google Podcast platforms. So with that being said, our next episode, we'll get my boy Yazin back to talk about his New York Knicks. We'll end it off. That's game. Bang!